0: Welcome to Equip Night. We're super excited that you're here. It's going to be a really special one for a bunch of different reasons, but before we get into that, I want to pray. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, let's pray. Well, Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you so much for um, everybody in this room who's come to spiritually invest in their family, and their kids, and their self individually. And God, we thank you that um, the only way that we can do that is to partner with you, Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit tonight, we invite you into this room. I pray that you would fill this space with your presence. I pray that you would fill this space with your voice, God, um, that you would use me and Kent and Dr. Lewis and um, this teaching um, and you would breathe on it and you would give it to these parents um, in a way that they can use it practically with their kids. Um, and we thank you that um, in this world where there's so much confusion and there's so much sin and there's so much darkness, Father God, that you've called us to be a light to the darkness. Um, and you even call our children uh, or um, arrows, Father God, that and we shoot these arrows into the darkness. And so help us um, to sharpen our kids through this teaching um, with you. We invite you in, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Well, we're excited you guys are here. Um, This is a super special class for a couple different reasons. Um, If you're taking notes, which I'd encourage you to take some notes tonight, uh, whether that's physically or on your phone, um, I'd encourage you to do that because there's some really, really good stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, And this class is entitled, if you want to write this down, A Heart for Purity. Um, And if you want to add a subtitle in there, we've got one for you. A Heart for Purity, Intentionally Parenting, preteens, and teenagers. So um, it's going to be a really, really great class. Before we dive into anything, though, Kent, you want to let the people know who you are? Yeah? Okay.
1: My name is Pastor Kent. I am the elementary pastor, as you guys may know. Um, And uh, just I'm super excited. When they asked me to do this, I was like, I don't know. I don't have a kid. Um, But I I am one day. um, Can I go ahead and show them that slide? Boom! There's my baby! Thank you. It's a, it's the size of a fig today. So, yeah, they had to write it on there. That was the first ultrasound. Thank you. So, it's our first child. We are waiting till uh, delivery to see if we're having a boy or girl. I know it's uncommon, but that's what we're going to do. Hey, best Josh. Hey. You guys already started? Yes. Okay. We're going to start soon, too. Okay. That's my baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he can't tell. They wrote "baby." <laughs> so, anyways, thank you. <sighs> okay. So, anyways, um, I am one day gonna have a, a child, as you can see. And what Pastor Jackson and I talked about all week, this stuff, I'm definitely gonna use. And I will, and I will keep these notes forever because um, this is something. Um, I'm probably skipping ahead but this is pastor josh pastor josh spoke to us about this and this is what he does with gus and i'm sure sarah does something with with beau and one day sunny but this stuff is going to be really good guys and so um we're going to probably step on some toes tonight um you're probably gonna hear some things you've never heard before um and that's okay we can take it um but we just want to share our hearts behind this and know that this is um, we're going to show some things of what god's word also says so anyways
0: hey what's up guys um hello
1: yeah front rows you guys didn't miss anything my name is pastor Kent. i'm the elementary pastor and this is my baby
0: um my name is pastor jackson i am the students pastor here at new song church i've been here for almost three years two and a half years God's done so much, literally cannot even imagine not being here and not being uh, invited to come here by God and by Pastor Josh. And New Song has changed me and Haley's life, as I'm sure it's changed a lot of your lives. Um, I'm so grateful for our community and what we get to do. And I love getting to hang out with some of your students on Wednesday nights, they're amazing. Um, I also have an unborn child. Uh, This is my oldest, Marlo Jane. She's a little bit older than unknown baby right now. But there she is. You can see her fingers now. We're getting to the place where I can like finally feel, like just barely, but I can kind of feel her on Haley's belly, which is really cool. Um, but uh, like I said, um, this class is really, really exciting for a couple different reasons. One of the first reasons is this is our first equip night in our new building, which is amazing. And I don't know about you, but... Every single time I come into this building, I'm just so thankful like of what God has brought us and, and how how much of a gift this is and and how much more we get to do for for you guys and for our community now that we have this space where we don't have to go somewhere else and set up and, and all the things that we had to do. And we were faithful with that and God's rewarded us with this. But you know, so tonight's special because this is our first ever equip night in our building. So you guys are part of history tonight. The second reason why I think this is super special is because you guys are guinea pigs because this teaching has never been taught before. Um, not just by, not I mean, we've never taught this class before, um, but it's never been taught at New Song. Um, and so you guys are the first ones to get to hear this. Um, and even though it's the first time it's ever been taught, there's some really, really amazing stuff in here. I've had a blast writing uh, it with Kent. Um, and preparing it for you guys. So it's gonna be really special. And then number three, I think this is probably gonna be special for you guys because this is the first time you've ever had a parenting teaching by two people who are not parents yet. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of crazy. And I remember when Pastor Josh asked Kent and I to do that, we were kind of like, do you know what you're asking? (laughs) Like we're not parents yet and you want us to do a parenting class for parents. But I understand why he wants us to do it. And there's a couple reasons why. Obviously, we don't know what you guys have walked through as parents or what you deal with uh, with your preteens or your teenagers. Uh, We're not there yet. But what we do know is that we all are building our life on the same thing, and that's God's word, right? Um, And so everything in this teaching is built on God's word. And obviously, that looks different for each child, um, and we understand that, but everything that we're gonna to say tonight is built on God's word. And not only that, but we're called to to help you guys. Like Kent is our children's pastor. So he partners with you guys, with your kids in Boomtown and, and in Threshold. And I'm, I'm the student pastor. So I get to partner with you guys to help your students grow in purity. And so regardless of our lack of history with our own kids yet, uh, we do have God's word. Uh, this is a teaching approved by pastor josh and and we're called to help you guys and so we're not coming here and saying we know everything at all um so don't just disregard everything we're about to say um but i promise you it's going to be some really good stuff and then i think that's everything you want to take away? way
1: um so this is this tonight we're going to be talking about how um we're going to teach our kids about purity and not just about losing their virginity um and that takes Something that I think was lost today, but that's an open communication. Um, like I said, it's PJ approved, and it's God's word approved. Um, Pastor Josh, sorry, we call him PJ around here. Um, but I, to kind of start things off, I think it would be cool um, to invite our Dr. Dr. Lewis up here. Yeah. Um, she, I forget what you do. You'll explain it. But Kristen, if you want to come up, you guys can call her Kristen. We call her Dr. Lewis. She's going to come. Uh, <laughs> yeah, round of applause. Give you an insight what she deals with.
2: Hey everybody. I'm just going to go to the side maybe so you're not like behind me. Uh, so I'm Dr. Kristen Lewis. I'm a board-certified pediatrician as well as a board-certified internal medicine specialist. I work for Mercy up in Edmond and on my spare time every year I volunteer to do the sex talk at the 8th graders in Edmond. So once a year they kind of divide the girls and the boys and we do at least two if not three hour session with them. It covers a lot of information, um, talking about puberty, changes in the body. We talk about um, abstinence. We also talk about sex and STDs. We talk about smoking and vaping. We talk about drugs and alcohol. We also talk a lot about sexting, which has been a really hot topic, unfortunately, in the middle schools and high schools, and the repercussions of it. We talk about how, you know, receiving and um, emailing you can get unfortunately fined and put in jail and all the child pornography lawsuits and stuff that's gone ar- around recently. We do a lot of discussion about bullying and things like that but um, the, the most interesting part is the last hour um, we allow it kind of open forum questions so the whole time that I'm talking they're sitting there writing questions and so it's anonymous questions that I get to open up an answer at the end, um, so I've done it for five years now, and the first year was the biggest eye-opening experience I think that I had, and every year since then it's been a little bit more themed, but that first year it still is like ingrained in my mind, and um, So my oldest is seven and so I'm just waiting to do these conversations soon. Um, But so their knowledge base is so vast between the two extremes. There are some that are very naive and have no idea, no conversations with their friends or their parents that ask really interesting questions like, can Saran Wrap be used as a condom? Or can I get pregnant by kissing my boyfriend? Or can I get an STD by, you know, kissing him? To the other extreme uh, of a seventh grader who had a baby, and she's asking me how her body's going to be changed for the rest of her life because of it, and so big, vast differences. They also ask a whole lot about um, same-sex um, relationships and how STDs work with that, um, and a lot of it has to do with um, where they're just not comfortable asking anybody, so it's they're asking their friends or they're looking on social media for answers. So we encourage them kind of at the end of these sessions to not only reach out to their parents if they have questions, but also to go see their doctor, because at this age it's kind of like prime picking for kids to come to the doctor and we can kind of do some one on one question and answers, we can talk about things in a safe space, and we also can you know make sure that they're maturing at an appropriate age and make sure that they are healthy and it's in a nice safe setting so we encourage them to come to the doctor every year but we also kind of plug in like you need to talk to your parents about things Um, but that's kind of what I get to do every year and it's a lot of fun Um, some challenging questions that they come up with but that's kind of what I I do.
1: Thank Kristen. Um, Kristen you're staying around for questions at the end correct? Yes so at the end of our meeting we will have her come up for questions
0: Uh, so if you think of a question maybe write it down you can ask her what's the craziest thing you've heard teaching middle schoolers or high schoolers i'm sure the list is pretty large from her but uh, make sure you think about some questions she's a well of knowledge and I, i got to talk with her on the phone yesterday about this class and she told me some stuff i was like oh my gosh that is crazy so think about some questions but um Tonight, I think if if we could sum up this whole teaching, like under a theme about what we're trying to communicate to you guys, uh, it would be under this idea of cultivating purity. And really, that word, I like that word cultivating. Like, if I think about the word cultivating, especially when I think about it in the context of this topic of purity, um, I think about like a picture of taking care of something. Like if cultivating is like a gardening term, right? And when you cultivate a garden, you don't just plant a seed once and then water it once and then never look at it again, right? Uh, but so many times, this was my, uh, this is was how it, ha- how it happened to me. And it probably happened to you this way, but who received like the talk once and then that was it from your parents? Like your parents sat you down and they took you on a car ride or they sat you down and they gave you the birds and the bees talk. And, and that was it. And they were just like, sweet. I taught my kid about purity. They're going to be pure. Cause I had the talk check. Um, and that was, that was my, uh, that was my experience. And I'm sure that was a lot of yours experience. And, and I wouldn't necessarily consider that cultivating, right? I would consider that more like in passing or like run and gun, or like dropping a care package, just like, here you go, good luck, <laughs> right? But but when you think about the idea of um, cultivating, you get this totally different picture. But I think we have to change the way we, we address sex and purity, especially when we're talking about it in terms of God's word, because we can't just go off the chance that that one talk is gonna be enough for for our kids. And I think there's a, a, a three different really, if I can think about this, I think there's three problems that this tactic of just having one conversation, like the talk, um, I think there's three problems with it. I think the first is that it addresses the what. So it tells them, you know, this is this part, and this is this part, and this is how they work. That's what sex is. Oh, and also don't do it. And that's it. And so it addresses the what, and it's, it's a big what, but there's no foundation for the what. It doesn't address the why, and especially when we're you know we're we're raising our kids in a way where we're trying to connect them to God, we have to have that foundation of why it's important. Because I don't know about you, but I remember as a kid being like, I have all of the, I have this desire. I'm going through puberty. I have these feelings, and I have no idea how to. I don't even know what to do with them. And I'm not going to talk to my parents about them because my dad had that one awkward conversation with me, and that was it. Right. So I think one of the first problems we run into with that is it addresses the what but it doesn't address the why behind sexual purity. Like why do I need to be pure and why can't I just go all the way up to the line and not have sex, right? I think the second problem that, uh, that we have with that is it doesn't necessarily tell our kids that, they're, that you are a safe space to talk about it with them, unless you're using that language. Just one talk with them about parts and sex and then don't do it doesn't necessarily tell them if I experience it or if I hear about it through a friend that I'm a safe place to talk about it, right? So I think that's something that we run into with that tactic of just running and gunning is it doesn't tell them that you're a safe place to talk about things that the church doesn't necessarily talk about very much and shame keeps them from talking about. So I think the final thing, um, and I kind of talked about this with the illustration of cultivating is uh, the third problem that we run into is it, it assumes that one talk is gonna result in purity, right? Well, I told them not to have sex, so they shouldn't do it, right? But that's, that's not going do that's not gonna do it. Not, one talk doesn't have enough power to cultivate purity in your kids. And so this whole class, we're going to be talking about cultivating purity. Because the fact is, um, if we're wanting to see our children grow in the Lord and and, and their connection with the Lord and in sexual purity, it's going to take more than just one talk. It's going to take what that word cultivating looks like. Taking Like when you cultivate a garden, me and Haley started a garden this year, and it took a lot more work than I, than I thought it would. I had to watch the garden all the time. I had to make sure it was getting watered constantly. I had to prune, right? I had to put aside things to make sure pests didn't get in the garden. Like it, it wasn't just planting a seed and then waiting a couple months and then boom. And in the same way, purity is the same way. We can't just plant a seed and then expect purity to come because we send our kids to church every week, right? It's gonna take cultivating, taking care. And so um, one of the things that I'm sure if, if we've got some good questions for Dr. Lewis after, or Kristen, <laughs> Dr. Lewis. Um, one of the things that you'll see in the things that she says, and just in the state of our world is, um, it's not necessarily a matter of if your kids are gonna experience um, sexual temptation or sexual desire or, or sexual language between their friends. It's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. And, and I don't say that to scare you guys, and I don't say that, I definitely don't say that to speak that over your kids. I just say that because that's the world we live in, and that's the truth is, it's not a matter of if they're gonna hear about this or see a, see it somewhere or be introduced to it by a friend. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so as parents, what we wanna do is kind of get ahead of them because we can't just expect the church to answer all their questions, right? And we definitely can't expect their friends to teach them about sex and purity, right? We have to be on the front line as parents, right? Um, and so... Uh, I, we've actually got some really interesting graphs I want to show you. Kent's going to show you guys these. Check this out.
1: Okay. So real quick, can I tell him my story? That's how I came across that? Yeah. And do you want to do yours? Okay. So, um, man, I haven't, I've only told Jackson this, um, but when I was a kid, I came across my first images of pornography, like very innocently. And I can remember exactly how it came and what I was doing. So 2000. 2000, I think X-Men, the movie came out, right? The first one. And I was obsessed. My parents took me to that movie like three times. I was like, yes, I love this movie. Obsessed with the Avengers and X-Men. And all of a sudden, like, we get our computer with internet. And it was that dial-up internet, you know, that stuff. And so I'm sitting there. And very instantly, I'm like, ooh, I want to see Wolverine. And so I type in x And instead of bringing it to X-Men, it brought me to x-men. And as a kid, I didn't know what I was looking at. And I immediately turned it off, and I felt shame. I was like, okay, I know I looked at something I wasn't supposed to be looking at, and in no way in the world am I going to tell my parents about it. I don't know how to get rid of this, but I just know I'll close it out, and it's gone. Well, that later turned into, well, now I'm curious to what I just saw, so I'm going to go back and look at it some more and some more. And finally, it was all on my parents' computer, and it just locked it up. I'm 10 years old. And my mom is going through the computer. She's figuring out, trying, trying to figure out why it's not working. And she comes across all the images. And I'm mortified because I walk by and I see all of them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she found out. And my mom had a come-to-Jesus moment where she says, if you ever look at this stuff again, I'm going to send you away. Now, I love my mom. And I didn't know at the time where she was coming from. But my mom as a child, was she had gone through her own stuff. Um, And I didn't know any of that. And then my dad grew up, and he was a virgin until he got married with my mom. And so his dad gave him the birds and the bee talk. And he's like, if you ever get someone pregnant, I'm going to kill you. So I had the two very wide spectrum of parents who just said, hey, don't do this again. And so I came across it very innocently. And I know that today, almost every kid at like 12, they start getting a phone or an iPad, and they get Wi-Fi, and all of a sudden, boom, it comes across innocently speak, and if they're not going to do it, their friends are definitely going to show them. And so I just wanted to share my story real quick. I, did you want to share yours or you want me to jump in the grass? Okay. Um,
0: so mine's a little bit different uh, in in the same way. It's the same in the sense that I stumbled upon sexuality in an innocent way. I wasn't trying to as a kid. Um, and, you know, I love what Pastor Kent said because, you know, even though we're not parents, we, we, did, we understand your kids a little bit because we grew up in an era where, stuff is so accessible through technology and it's even more accessible now to kids than than when we were in high school and middle school but anyway for me um i stumbled upon it just with a friend um i was like six or seven super super early um and i was at one of my best friends houses and trusted family i mean my parents loved this family and and i love this family we grew up together um, and I'm an elementary school kid and and we're hanging out and he invites me into the closet and I have no idea what's happening. I'm like, yeah, sure. And we go in and he, he's like, we're gonna play truth or dare. And then he dares me to take my pants off. And then boom, right there, I'm a seven-year-old kid. I don't really know what's happening, but I know it's not good. I also know I'm not telling my mom about this because I'm gonna get in trouble. Um, and so that's how I stumbled upon this. But the crazy thing is that it wasn't just this friend that that did that to me that introduced that to me i had multiple friends all throughout elementary school that didn't know each other weren't connected at all but it was the same story like we were hanging out and then the truth or dare came or the truth or dare game came up and then it got nasty quick and here and i know you know them being kids it was probably showed to them like they probably were showed by another kid about that so i know it was innocent for them but it was also innocent for me and i didn't i didn't know what was happening and i didn't know what to do with all that stuff and i think one of the things that you know as i walked through my freedom um of getting free from all that junk that that i had experienced as a kid was i realized um, how prevalent that is in, in in children is the innocent curiosity but how much damage that can that can do, and and how prevalent it is. When I was in Dallas, before I ever knew I'd be coming up to New Song, um, I was in um, college getting a degree for biblical counseling, and I was working at a children's advocacy center in Dallas, and uh, I was just the child care director, so I just watched kids all day. But every single kid in there was there for some type of sexual abuse, and they're getting counseling with their family and, family and like 75% of the kids in there were there because of a kid on kid um, like interaction. Like it was two innocent kids and one of them was probably showed this thing by like a cousin or an uncle and then they showed it with their cousin or their brother or their sister. And so we, we say all that just like not to scare you guys but just to be honest about the fact that it's so prevalent. Um, and, and there is a, a part of it where we have to understand like there is innocence like kids don't know But if we're not talking about it and like constantly checking up on our kids and saying, even if it's a trusted family or a trusted person in our family, like checking up and saying like, hey, did did anything weird happen? Is everything good? Um, And so um, let's share the graphs after the activation. Is that cool with you? I want to take a second. Um, We do this in equip classes um, where we do an activation time. And basically what that is is we're going to, We don't want to just teach this class. We want the Holy Spirit to teach this class too, and so we're going to give uh, all of us a second just to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because you know, Kent shared his story. I just shared my story, Uh, and and the truth is about sexual sin is it it kind of touches everybody, even if it's just a little bit. Uh, Sexual impurity it, it just touches everybody on on one degree or another, and as parents, like if we want our kids to be pure, and our kids to walk in freedom. That has to, And if we're wanting to parent that to them, that has to be something that's overflowing out of us, right? And so uh, really quickly, I just want to give you guys a second to maybe ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything in your heart that hasn't been brought to him yet. Maybe there was something that happened to you as a kid or, or whatever that that you haven't fully given to him yet. And maybe there is, I don't know. And you've already, you've already given that to him. But I just want to give everybody a second to just ask the Holy Spirit, is there, is there anything that I need to give to you or that I need to tell my spouse that happened to me? Even if it's if it was a little thing that happened as a kid and I just completely forgot about it. One of the craziest things, I'll stop talking after this. I have a, <laughs> I talk a lot. But um, one of the craziest things was in my story, you know, that happened to me when I was like six or seven and then all throughout elementary school. And when I got to middle school, and i realized that it was bad and i like realized oh that's like not normal i like shoved all that down so deep and just forgot about it like completely forgot about it and when i was in college we would do these mock counseling sessions where we would like do a counseling session with another student and i was in a mock counseling session with a student and he said something that just like triggered all of this stuff it's so deep in me that i had completely forgotten Um, and I say all that to say sometimes we just don't even know that we need freedom, but the Holy Spirit does. So right now, I'm just going to pray really quick. We're just going to take like two minutes just to ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything that we need to bring up with our spouse or just to God, and so I want you to write anything down that he shows you, but we're not going to have any music. It's going to be really quiet, but let me just pray real quick. God, we thank you for today. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal anything to our hearts and to our minds that we need to to bring to you or bring to our spouse um, about our purity, God. Because if we're wanting to make our kids pure and cultivate their purity, that's got to come out of our hearts too. So right now, Holy Spirit, we invite you in just to bring anything up to our attention, anything in our past that hasn't been brought to you, anything we've forgotten about or that we've pushed under the rug because of shame, whatever that is, God, we just give you a second to show us that and reveal us that, Holy Spirit.
1: All right, everybody. Okay, so I got some graphs I want to share with you guys. I'm a visual learner, and so I know it helps to look at some graphs. So here's the first one. This one is a percent of never married young people who have had sex by religious affiliation, age, and gender. <laughs> so these are people who um, say they go to church in some way. Um, and I think, Jackson, if you correct me if I'm wrong, but it was uh, 5,000 kids. Yeah. Is that right? Five. Survey of 5,000 kids. Um in 2018, so it's still pretty relevant. But um, as you can see down here, it says female 15 to 17, male 15 to 17, and then 18 to 22, 18 to 22, male and female. So as you can probably guess already, 18 to 22 is when the kids are out of the house, they're gone. And if you can see the number, the spike in that when they're gone. So here's with mom and dad, and they're still having having sex. it's you know it's it's a low number, but it's it's still having sex at fifteen to seventeen. So there's that first graph. The second graph is um, percent of never married young people who have engaged in oral sex by religious. So they're still they're still saying they're in church, or they they're Christian, um, and this is oral sex. So the number now has gone up very dramatically. And then uh, as female and male, it's it's kind of say the same at seventy. Uh, 7% range. But now they're, they're starting to have oral sex more at a younger age. And then this one right here. Percent of never married young people ages 15 to 17 who have engaged in any sexual activity with the opposite sex partner. 5,000 kids. Almost half of 5,000 kids are sexually active from 15 to 17. So there's some graphs. Um, and now I just want to I want to dive in real quick to what uh, the Word says and what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit put on my heart to share with you guys. Uh, the first one is uh, John 8, uh, 32. I don't know if we have a slide for that. Okay, I'll read it. John 8:32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you as parents want your kids to be free from any impurity, um, then you need to know the truth. And that's what we're sharing with you guys today. It's coming out of love and out of what the Holy Spirit shared with us. It's not coming out of like, this is what we think is best. This is not our opinion. This is what God's telling us. Um, and the truth and the facts about what your kids are going going through or will be going through soon. 2 Timothy 3.16, I'm gonna read two versions of it. The English Standard Versions first. And it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training of righteousness. Um, I love that version, but I think the New Living Translation says it just a little better. It helps me out. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So if you really, truly want to teach your kids the difference between right and wrong, you got to get them into the Word. That's it. That's it. As parents, as a soon-to-be parents, I, I've gone through all these things in my life. And i like, yes, those will help that. But at the end of the day, the word is going to really help our kids. Um, so we live in a fallen world. We can all agree that. Um, but we live in a world that everyone loves to give their opinion. But not a lot of people love to talk about what God's word is saying. Our kids need facts, and they need them to be um, they need you to be the one that gives them to them from what the word is saying. Because if you don't, then we all know they're going to get them from someone else. From their friends, from their um, their friends' friends, somebody's going to tell them. And we want to get in front of that. Um, the hard truth is the devil's not going to play nice just because your kids are kids. Or because, obviously, they're in church. Um, our job as pastors, we see your kids... If they come to church every weekend, we see them 52 times a year. If We see them for events, maybe 60 times a year. You see them for 365 days. Um, it's it's not on us, it's on you guys. Um, but we don't want you guys to become fearful parents because Jesus already paid that price so we can live in freedom. God created you on purpose for a purpose. I want you guys, I know it's gonna sound silly, but I do this with my kids all the time. So I want you guys to repeat it after me, okay? <laughs> Say God created me, God created me. on, purpose, on purpose. For purpose for a purpose. You guys were born right now in this time period. God knew you're going to have kids during this time. Going through all the technology, we're going through, the friends they know, all that. They, God put you here for a purpose, and that is to talk to your kids about sex and and being pure and not just uh, holding on to that virginity. I think it's what we. That's what I was taught. Hey, stay a virgin. But it wasn't about don't be don't be impure. Um, he knew it was going to be awkward, but he didn't, also knew that you were going to be equipped enough to handle it. Um, I said equipped because we're taking an equipped class. Um, sex cre- was created by God. Um, kids are just finding out earlier, uh, now more than ever. When dealing with this topic, we want your parents to look like God. So tonight we have three points we're going to share with you. Um, To see what God's word shows us and how He cares for us,
0: I've got I've got this verse, um, Kent. I'm going to read to you guys Ephesians chapter five, starting in verse twenty-two. And it's going to sound like it doesn't relate to this topic, but it does. So just trust me. Here we go. Here's what it says: Uh, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should also submit to your husbands in everything. And for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, I love the way God tells us how to deal with our spouses. He says it's a command, like you need to do this, but he also says, look at how I love you, right? He says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church, so look at me and do that. And I think that can be, this is about spouses, but I think this can be applied in the same way for parenting. God says, hey, look at how I do it. If you want to be a a good parent, if you want to cultivate purity in your kids, look at how I parent you. Look at me and then do it. And so, um, all of these points tonight that we're going to be talking about, um, we were looking at God's word and we we're looking at how He parents us and how He corrects and all of these things. and And so, this is what all of these points are coming out of that heart of is obviously not of how we parent, but how does God parent us, and how can we reflect how God parents us to how we parent our kids? Um, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all trying to be. Conformed into the image of Christ, right? And so if we can let the Holy Spirit teach us how He loves us, we can reflect that to our kids. Does that make sense? Okay, so point number one if you're taking notes, um, you can write this down. God initiates with His kids. God initiates with His kids. In other words, God speaks first or God addresses the issue first. It's, God doesn't place the expectation on his kids to talk first. All throughout the Bible, we see God pursuing people, right? Or God God loving first, God chasing after us first. So God initiates first. God, God expects us to initiate the talk with our kids, but he also expects us to initiate all the talks after that. Um, And here's what I mean by that. We We see God model this all throughout the Bible. In fact, we actually see God model this in the very beginning with Adam and Eve. You guys know the Adam and Eve story super well. God tells them the ground rules. You can have anything in this garden except this one tree. And we know the devil's sneaky. He's a schemer. He tricked Eve into thinking that she needed that one thing that God said they didn't need. And so... You find Adam and Eve; they're eating that one thing they weren't supposed to do, and right here in this in this instance, we see the very first sin. So I want to read this to you. Check this out. Here's what it says: at the moment, uh, at that moment, their eyes were suddenly opened, and they suddenly felt shame. Everybody remember that word right there, shame. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. So right here, this is crazy. We see the very first sin ever happen in humanity, ever. But what do we see right after? The very first sin, we see the very first instance of shame, right? directly after this first sin ever we see what happens directly after sin which shame comes into the picture right and adam and eve felt that shame right and what did that shame cause them to do caused them to hide It, it caused them to hide from the one person that they didn't need to hide from right now they didn't know that but they felt shame and they felt like they needed to hide from the one person who could help them from their shame and their sin but also the one person who already knew what they had done, right? So what happens? Let's think about this practically for a second. Um, if, you're, if your teenager or your preteen experiences something or sees something or is with a friend and does something that causes them to feel like they need to, to hide from you, which obviously we know is not true, but if they experience something and, and shame follows after that, the expectation is not on them necessarily to bring that to you, right? The, the expectation is for you to initiate. like, And we don't see God in this instance say, well, I told them not to do that, so they should have already known. Or we don't see God tell them, well, they know that I'm a loving father, so they should just tell me, right? We don't see him do that. What, what do we see him do? He says this, Then the Lord God called the man, right? So God goes to them first and God initiates with Adam and Eve first and he says, where are you, right? Okay, so obviously God knew where they were, right? He's God, he's all-knowing. He knew exactly where they were. So what is he saying in this moment? Well, I think he's talking to their character, right? Like, where are you? I know this isn't who you really are. I know this isn't who I've created you to be. Where are you? And so God in love he initiates with his kids and he knows that they're carrying shame. He knows that there's a wall built up obviously by sin, but also because of the fact that they're hiding from him. And so he, in love, initiates the conversation right there in the garden and says, where are you? And I think um, when it comes to our kids and sexuality and and all this stuff that we're talking about in purity, um, we have to learn how to initiate with our kids. And we can't, necessarily um, trust on chance that they might tell us right because I mean there are some kids who will come to you right at the very instant and they'll say I saw this and it was crazy and I'm really sorry and I don't know what to do and that's for some but if we're honest many are not going to do that right at least at first that can be taught over time like you can continually let your kids know if you're initiating with them I'm a safe space right but rarely are they at the very first instant when they experience something gonna be like, I need to go tell my parents, right? Because of the shame that comes with all that. Uh, And I'm gonna end this, this last point with this. First John says this, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. So there's that shame. And this shows us that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other not because of what we did or because we brought something to God. We love each other because he first loved us. So God initiates with us. We want to learn how to initiate like God does with us to our kids.
1: That's good. All right, so our second point tonight is God talks about what he cares about. Um, So God cares um, cares about purity and holiness and righteousness, and he doesn't expect you to automatically know all of that. Um, that's why he tells you first and then he, if you don't understand it, then he tells you again. So do your kids know what you care about? Um, I'm sorry if I step on anybody's toes tonight, but, um, I'm not called to hurt your feelings. Um, so I bet your, some of your kids, they, they probably know, uh, that you love football. I love watching football. I bet they know that you love getting lunch with your girlfriends or getting your nails done. Uh, taking vacations or going shopping or playing golf with the boys on the weekend, I bet they know that you love doing that. <sighs> but do they know that you really care about them by t- by talking to them about sex? Are you Are you having that conversation monthly, yearly, with them? Um, God repeats himself a whole lot in the Bible. Um, if you guys read the Bible like I do, I, I feel like sometimes I get to a point where I'm like, he just said this a couple, a couple of verses ago. So why is he saying it again? Um, but he, he says it because he wants to remind you of something. Um, I need constant reminder. Um, that's why I got married because I'll do something and Caleb, like, hey you forgot to do this and she'll have to remind me. Um, and she she's she really good at that. But um, when God speaks and repeats an idea, He's doing that so you can keep that idea on your mind. He wants it fresh. He wants it always there. Um, there's a I'm, I'm going to read this, actually. I'm going to skip ahead. But it says, um, this is from Ed Welch's book, Running Scared. Um, I came across this say while I was trying to look up something, and the Holy Spirit brought me to this. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. Um, but it says, have you ever noticed how much God repeats himself? He seems to say the same things over and over again all throughout Scripture. For example, the command, do not be afraid, occurs over the, uh, over 300 times in the Bible. Why? You know we usually shut down when someone keeps repeating themselves uh inside we're saying to ourselves okay i've heard that before i don't need to hear it again and then we forget about it Um, so why does god repeat himself so much i didn't know this Uh, i found it interesting but it says in ancient cultures the emphasis was on oral tradition people told stories and passed them on from one generation to another in this way the stories were preserved Thus, repetition in these cultures was viewed much differently. In fact, the things you repeated were the things that really mattered. If you wanted to remember something, it deserved to be repeated. So the more it was repeated, the more important it was. We are slow to learn. I think each and every one is slow to learn. But it's okay to repeat ourselves. So you guys, I encourage you to repeat yourselves with your kids. Um... We talked about when we had our meeting with Pastor Josh. He actually showed us. Um, we actually, Pastor Jackson made an awesome graph about it today. But he showed us a plan that he does with Gus. Um, Gus is, I believe, he's 12. He's 12 years old. Um, he's in. He's going in sixth grade, and he has a plan that he does with Gus to talk about these things. Maybe it's not every time about sexual things or about if he has a question about sex or anything like that. But it's a time that he gets to spend one-on-one with his son. Um, and so I have that graph right here and I'll explain it to you guys. So down here we have the age, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, eight is kind of where we figured where they start having questions, seven years old maybe. Um, but we started at eight and then we go to 18 because that graph we showed earlier is when they leave the house or <laughs> most of you guys probably want your kids leaving when they're 18, like get out. So. Eight to eighteen is the ages that where they're going to start asking questions, and then when they're not your kids, some kids are going to actually start doing stuff. And then this over here is the, is it represents conversations and time you need to spend with your kids. Okay, now this isn't something we made up. This is something that Pastor Josh, our founding pastor, created, and that's something he does with his son. So at eight, he Gus came to him and started asking him questions. Dad, I heard this word at. At school today? What does it mean? And so Pastor Josh is like, okay, I need to have some conversations with him. So I think he said it at eight, he was he was having once a month conversations. Him and Gus would get in the car, they'd go get steaks, burgers, fries, shakes, whatever. It was a guy's night, and he would just have a conversation with Gus. And now he's saying that as he's getting older, starting to reach middle school, kids other kids know a lot more than he does. And he's coming with a lot of questions now. So what does that mean? Does he have a conversation once a week with him? Probably not. It's probably twice, three times a week, and he's having it every week. Now, as you get older, I'll, I'll skip to him. But is uh, anybody having any older kids in here? Like 16, 16, 17? Oh wow. Okay, so 17. Okay. Now, if you if 17, that's like a probably like I don't, know, I don't know what he thinks, like four times a week. he probably just be like, hey, buddy, how's it going? You no, know, every day. Maybe so. Maybe it's, it's not a quick, like you have to sit down and have a 30-minute conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had, and, and how, how are they doing? Because I know for a fact, guys, my parents didn't do this, and I did a lot of things with my girlfriend in high school that I'm not proud about, but it's because I kept it from them, and I didn't want to talk to them about it. But I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Because if I went to them, I knew I was getting in trouble or sent away. If I went to my pastor, well, my pastor knew my mom, so icto facto bye bye Kent. So, um, if if you're sitting there and you haven't done this, this is not to scare you or tell you you're in trouble, but it's not too late. Um, and if you're if you have kids this age, then I would say start, because what you what we want to happen. Is when they get to this age, 18, 17, they're going, "Hey, mom and dad, I messed up, and I need your help." Instead of them going, "Oh, I messed up again. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Definitely, I'm not telling myself with my girlfriend tonight." We want them to trust you guys. I'm I'm going to be having conversations with my kids on a on a regular basis, making sure that they're not just good with all the sexual impurity stuff, but that they're good with God that they're good with their friends, that they're good with school, that they're good with their sports. It's not just talking about impurity and right. all that. It's, it's are you having a conversation with your kids? There's, it's times, yeah, it's like a checkup. What do we call it? An oversight. Yeah, oversight. oversight. So oversight is, um, so I have an oversight with Pastor Ken or Nicodemus. Um, I call him Nicodemus because it's a long story. Anyways, Pastor Ken is my boss. And we have oversight once a month. And that oversight, he asked me some tough questions. But he has to because he's my boss, and I'm over a lot of kids, and he needs to see where I'm at, not just purity-wise, but life-wise. He's come to me plenty of times and say, hey, how's it going, bud? I'm like, it's going good. He's like, no, like, do you have too much work going on your plate right now? I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. Well, what's the problem? Well, I don't have any volunteers, and uh, it's kind of hard to do services twice a month and not go to service and attend. And he's like, okay. So, I have those conversations with him because I can't have those conversations with my wife. There's oversight that we have there. And then he asked me, I don't know if I'm going to share this with anybody, but I'm going to tell you guys anyways. He asked me, and this is the weirdest thing when he first asked me this question, but he asked me, he looked me in the eyes. I'm going to look at me in the eyes. He said, hey, Kent, you having sex with your wife? And you know what my answer was? Yeah. A lot of sex. I told that to my oversight pastor, Ken. Now, if I don't know if you've ever seen Pastor Kim before, but it's for me to have that conversation with him was very awkward. But guess what? Yes, for over a year and a half now, every time we have a meeting, for the past, for every month I've been to, he asks me that same question at the end: "How's your sex life?" And every time I tell him, "It's better than ever," because it is, and God's good and he has a conversation with me, and I want to have a conversation with him. I trust him. I know that I can bring him anything, and he is going to listen to me, and he's going to help me. And another thing is that if I came to him, I have, I'm have i not going to do this, but I'm saying if I ever came to him like, oh, Pastor, like I messed up this past week, I know he's not going to fire me, because that's not their heart. Their heart is to help me, to walk through it, to point me back to what God's word says. That's what we want parents in our church to to act like act like Jesus, Jesus isn't gonna come, and he's gonna he's not gonna. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in yours. He not he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna um, condemn you. He wants to help you. So,
0: awesome. So um so God initiates, God talks about what he cares about. I love the oversight thing that we that we got to share with you guys about. That's something that our pastors they talk to us you you know once a month, a couple times a month. They always just check in with us and and again you know. When we're talking about conversations and having those with your kids, it's not like sitting with your kids and being like having the talk every single time you guys talk. That's not what we're talking about. That it's, it really is the heart behind it is just checking up. Have you heard anything weird lately? Has anything happened? How are, how are you and your girlfriend? How are you and your boyfriend? Is anything happening? Like just It's a checkup, right? So God initiates, God talks. Last point if you're taking notes is this. God corrects, God corrects his kids. Um, so God is obviously the most graceful person in the universe. He pursu- he pursues us. He initiates and chases after us, but God also has a standard, right? God has a standard that we're supposed to live by, that we're called to live by. And, and it's not because God's a buzzkill. Really? It's, it's our protection. It's because he knows sex is not the same outside of marriage. It's actually harmful. But under under marriage and under the covenant of marriage, there's so much it's protected, um, and so it's not it's not a buzzkill to our kids. Obviously, it's protection for them. It's, there's a standard, and because there's a standard, when we do touch sexual sin or it touches our life, there's a, there's correction that has to happen because there's consequences that come with sin, right? Um, and I want to read to you a story about how Jesus corrects. Um, and obviously this is how we want to correct, right? So this is found in John chapter 8. I'm going to fly through this because it's kind of long, but you guys know this story. But I like I do this with our students on Wednesday nights. I love reading it. I don't like just explaining it. So I'm going to read it to you guys. Here we go. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but earlier the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. So she's literally been caught in the act of adultery. I can't even imagine the shame that she's feeling right now. They put her in the front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something. They could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up and again said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. This is where we see the correction of Jesus. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. What do we see? I think Jesus was super intentional about the order of this statement. It wasn't go and sin no more, and I don't condemn you. It was, I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And what do we see right there? We see grace first, then truth, and that's really important as parents and as people who want to steward our kids' hearts especially, and and I think this point is a little different than the other two because the first two, they're kind of preventative, right? Like we want to initiate and we want to talk because we want to cultivate purity. This is when it happens, right, or if it happens. This is after the fact of sexual sin. How do we handle that moment when our kids come to us And they're like this woman in in the story where they're covered in shame and they feel terrible about what they've done. Jesus shows us this super, super, super intentional response of grace first and then truth. And that's really important because the way we steward that situation can either connect us to our kids or completely destroy a relationship. Um, and really what we want to learn how to do is respond when they give that us that information instead of react, right? And I know, like, I have no room to talk about this because I don't know what it's like to be a parent and I don't know what it's like to receive information like that. But I do know what it's like to be on the other end. Um, cause I've got amazing godly parents. I'm sure some of you have met them here before on the weekends. They're amazing. Love God. Got me in church. I wouldn't be here today without them, obviously. Um, But I found myself in a season of life. It was my senior year of high school. I was dating this girl, um, and I knew we were going too far, doing stuff we weren't supposed to. I was like a leader in my youth group. I was the good kid. Nobody had any idea. And this whole time I'm doing all this stuff, and I feel terrible, and I know it's wrong. And so um, I find myself in this place where I know I have to tell somebody. I haven't told anybody. I'm feeling so much shame. And so I go to one of my – my leaders at, at uh, Gateway Students at the time, um, who I trusted and who I had a relationship with, and I and I came to him, and I brought him all this information, because I had been taught in church, if you confess your sins to God, you're forgiven, but if you confess your sins to others, you're healed, and so I was like, if I just tell my leader, all of this shame is going to lift off of me, and it's going to be amazing, and so I tell him, and obviously, he was so nice about it, so grace-filled, and was just like, I'm really sorry you've been doing that. I know that's hard, and and you know that's wrong. You know you're better than that, and all this stuff. And he's helping me. But then at the end of the conversation, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm good. And then he goes, I know you don't want me to say this, Jackson, but you need to tell your parents. And I was like, no. No, that's why I told you, so I wouldn't have to tell my parents. And he was like, dude, you have to tell your parents. And I was like, Okay. So I muster up all of the courage I could to tell my parents this one night, I'll never forget this night, it was a disaster. But I tell my parents and my mom is just freaking out. She is just ballistic in tears in the other room. And my dad, you know, I love him and we've worked through this and I've forgiven him, but he, I know this wasn't his heart, but he said stuff that he did not mean to say. And it's because it came out of a reaction, right? It wasn't a response he just got this information and you know and i can't imagine how he felt because i hadn't talked about anything with this with him and we weren't having conversations already so he had no idea but in that moment he had a reaction and he said stuff that he didn't mean to say and it really hurt our relationship and you know by the grace of god we're we're good and we're connected again but the point of that story is when when our kids come to us with information like that that moment is so crucial of you know, And that's something that can only be done when we're just connected to the Holy Spirit. It's like, Holy Spirit, help me to just be graceful in this moment. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. My heart's broken. Just help me to not hurt my kid with my words or my actions right now and respond like you would. And then obviously the correction's gonna come, but that initial moment when they tell you is so important. And So um, we're gonna get ready to close this, close out this class and do our question and answers, but um, uh, all of, you know, everything we've just talked about today. Um, I hope you guys see our heart in this and our church's heart in this of, we don't have all the answers. Obviously we don't have all the answers, but we do have God's word. We know what God does. And as parents, we want to look like God, right? And I believe that every single one of you guys in here, you guys are equipped to do that. You have the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's not too late, just like pastor Kent said, um, you know, regardless of how old your kids are just start the conversations um and they'll probably be awkward at first let's be honest um but they don't always have to be and they just need to be consistent right and so um i'm gonna pray for you guys real quick and then we'll invite um Kristen up for some questions and answers if you have any so father god i just thank you so much for tonight lord i thank you so much for your word and that it's truth and that it's ultimate truth that it can hold our lives and our parenting and and our questions and all of it, God, your word is sufficient. And so God, we thank you that we can build our life on your word, that we can look in your word and we can see how you love us and how you parent us. And we can try and do the same with our kids. But we know at the end of the day, God, we can't do that without your Holy Spirit. So Father God, I thank you that you've equipped every single person in here with the ultimate gift, not of knowledge, but but of the Holy Spirit. And so I thank you just for a fresh anointing on everybody in here tonight to be a parent, um, an, an anointing to carry that weight and that burden of being a parent and all of that comes with it. I just thank you for your anointing for that and that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light and that you are the one carrying the weight ultimately. And we trust you with our kids. We know that at the end of the day, they're in your hands. um, And we just get to steward them. So we love you. We praise you. We thank you for tonight. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.